You are listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcasts. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in Trio software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows TRIO programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former TRIO staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with TRIO. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll-free at 1-800-801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas. Thank you, Amelia, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. In this episode, we have Alexandria Taylor Cervantes, who is a student of the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign and is an alum of the Trio Student Support Services Program and McNair Scholar Program at California State University, Monterey Bay. Alexandria is on the podcast so she can share her experiences being in the TRIO program, being a McNair scholar, and to share why she chose the field that she's currently studying. So coming up in just a bit, Alexandria Taylor Cervantes. This was such a unique episode in that we have someone from California talking to us about their experiences, and Alexandria is a great student um, and a wonderful TRIO participant uh, who wanted to share her story and her experience uh, going through the TRIO program and also sharing with us her origin story about uh, how education uh, impacted her. So, so far, we've had a lot of great positive feedback for our podcast. We appreciate the listeners. We appreciate the sponsors, everything that you all are doing to promote our podcast. Thank you so much. I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor, Student Access, and Angelica Villalpando. Thank you for continuing to support the podcast. If you would ever like to be featured on Let's Talk Trio, please send us a message at letstalktrio at gmail.com. Let's Talk Trio is all one word, L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. You too can be a sponsor. You can sponsor us via Patreon or Kickstarter. Uh, Our podcast is seeking funds to upgrade our equipment, purchase software licenses, and raise travel funds. We would like to travel out to your state and your host institution to interview your students on the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Without further delay... We present you Alexandria Taylor Cervantes. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, Trio Nation. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. 
My guest on the podcast is studying to earn a master's of science in curriculum and instruction in mathematics education, earned her bachelor's degree in mathematics at California State University, Monterey Bay, and is an alum of the TRIO Student Support Services and TRIO McNair Scholars Program at California State University, Monterey Bay. I want to welcome Alexandria Taylor Cervantes to the podcast. Alexandria, welcome. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. We are so glad to have you. I'm so glad you, we were able to connect over email. Uh, when we put out the call, you know, I was super happy to respond to you and respond to the request to be on the podcast. Yeah, I saw the, uh, my, actually my trio Instagram page from um, CSUMB uh-huh. um, posted your guys' podcast. And I was like, oh, you know, I want to I wanna listen to what you guys are all about and then reached out. So I'm so happy to be here and talk to you guys. Absolutely. We're, we're happy to have you. Uh, how are you doing in this age of COVID-19? Oh, wow. COVID-19 has been such a whirlwind. And, um, you know, I'm lucky enough to say that I'm, you know, myself and my family are safe. Um, you know, none of us uh, lost our jobs, thank goodness. Um, you know, I'm able to work remotely. Um, my mom and my brothers um, are able to work as well. So I'm really happy um, that we're, we're good. And we're here as a family in California, actually, um, you know, kind of getting through this together. Um, so I'm very, I'm very thankful for how lucky I am and how, um, how lucky my family is as well. Um, but other than that, you know, just trying to come to terms with this new normal of, you know, kind of being together always and, um, you know, be very careful about going out and, you know, always wearing my face mask, you know, having lots (laughs) of, uh, Purell and, you know, um, just trying to make sure that I do my civically duty, you know, to protect myself, my family, and like, you know, my community members as well. So absolutely. And as one must have to, right. And so I saw yes. here when we were talking pre-show uh, that you're currently studying for your master's. So you're pursuing it currently, right? Yes. Yeah. So I just finished my first year of my master's program in COVID, you know, on Zoom University. Um, and I'm starting my second year in the fall. Right on. So are you in between two states? Are you living in Illinois and then going over to California or how's that working out for you? So, yeah, so I usually live in Illinois during the school year and then I'll come home during breaks. Um, And so what ended up happening actually was I came home to surprise my siblings for spring break. And then I just ended up staying here because that's when um, California began the shutdown. Uh-huh. So, um, so yeah, I just ended up staying here from like March and, you know, it's now, you know, June, July. So, um, so yeah, so I've been able to do my work remotely and then I'm going to return to Illinois in the fall. Oh, wow. So you are in between two states. You go home on yeah. the breaks and then come back to Illinois when school is in session. Yes. That's remarkable. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about Illinois. How are things over there and compare and contrast, I guess, California and Illinois. How, how are you liking those two environments? Um, I, I love, I love Illinois. It's so different from California, at least where I live, um, in terms of like weather, right. I had to learn how to live in humidity, but also live in snow, um, and trying to like, you know, coming from California, like it's like 70 degrees where I live every day. It's so beautiful. Every once in a while we'll get like a week of heat wave, but that's about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So just kind of learning like, Oh, if you step on ice, you're going to fall, you know? And, um, (laughs) You need lots of layers to go outside and it'll get negative degrees. You know what I mean? So that was a, that was a new uh, experience for me. And, um, you know, I'm the, one of the first people to like, for my family, we're, we're all pretty much located in California, um, you know, to go off and go uh, to a 
like a master's PhD program and venture off to the Midwest by myself. So it was just such wow. like a new experience, yeah. um, you know, kind of doing all that. And I, luckily I've been, you know, able to have so much support from my family, but yeah, so it was just a, a huge world change for me going to Illinois and like getting an apartment by myself and like, figuring out the new town by myself and stuff. Um, and I do miss California quite often when I'm in Illinois. I miss like having access to the beach whenever oh. I want to. I miss the like not humid weather. Um, and I live in um, uh, like a cent- the central coast and I live in like what we call like the salad bowl of California. Uh-huh. And so I'm surrounded by like fields of like lettuce. Right. And um, you know, these beautiful <laughs> mountains in the Valley. Yeah. So um, I miss my mountains. I feel protected with my mountains. So then I go to Illinois and I swap my lettuce fields for corn fields, um, <laughs> you know, and I miss my, <laughs> I miss my protection of the mountains. So it was yeah. like a, a lot of changes, you know, and then Absolutely. I also switched like fields kind of. Um, so, you know, I'm studying curriculum instruction and math education, but I'm no longer in a mathematics program. So I went from doing my, yeah. So I'm doing more education focus. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, I went from like doing proofs every day, you know, writing, you know, giving those reports to my professors to like writing a 12 page paper on the inequities of black and Latinx students in, you know, math education. You know what I mean? So it was just like, a complete shift from like, Oh, you know, turn in this proof page, you're done versus mm-hmm. like, Oh, you know, write this 20 page paper real quick, you know, read a book yeah. in a week. Wow. Um, so it was just, yeah, it was just a really big shift for me. Um, but again, luckily I've had a lot of support from, you know, like my family, my, you know, my friends, my staff at my many programs also. Um, and so I've been able to kind of get through it. Right on. Well, good for you. And I know relating to you, I'm a California native, was born and raised for a while in Los Angeles, California. And oh, wonderful. yeah, my parents moved us all over the place. We ended up in New Mexico and then, you know, mm-hmm. to be the, the, one of the first to move a little bit further away, went up to Colorado and mm. You know, the difference is night and day. It's like you, you, you try to adapt to colder weather and not going mm-hmm. out as much during the, yeah. during the winter and then enjoying the, when the summer hits and, and then it's nice and warm weather. Um, yeah. But Alexandria, for you, tell us a little bit about your life pre-trio, pre-college. What was your childhood like? Um, so, yeah, I was raised in Monterey County, California. I'm the oldest of five siblings. Um, I... Um, I was, I mean, I was raised, I'm very lucky. Like I was raised in a wonderful household. My mother, um, you know, really supported me and my siblings and like everything where there's so much love in my family. My grandma helped, um, you know, was lived with us. And so it was really great to have her around. And, you know, I was just surrounded by like love and delicious food and, you know, just, just so what, you know, great greatness. And, you know, my aunt was close by. So like a lot of my, you know, my three main women were close by and just so, nurturing and wonderful and you know they really helped you know raise me and shape me into you know the person I am today and so just really great and I, you know I love my siblings all five of them they're off and they just they get better after me like each each one gets better after me so I I just I just I love them and I appreciate them so much and um so yeah that's kind of like what I was raised in and um I um what's it called for a long time I wanted to be a chef so I thought that was going to be my trajectory, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and so I spent all my time, my mom would take me out to fancy restaurants and I'd write food reviews and try to figure out what, you know, it was made of and stuff. And I would cook at home with my family and my siblings and stuff. So 
just like a lot of warmth and nurturing was my childhood. And so, you know, and that um, kind of helped me kind of, it really helped as I was like applying to colleges and looking to like what I was going to do in my next steps because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a chef. And then I saw how much culinary school was, you know, and oh I was gosh, like, oh, yeah. I don't have that money. Like they don't have that many scholarships. So then, you know, I had a conversation with my mom and she was like, well, you know, you've been taking, you know, she always like, it was actually really funny. Cause, um, when I was little, she would always have me take math classes. And I was like, I hate math. Like, this is my worst subject. Why are you making me do this? And she's like, well, you never know if you're going to need it. Like, I'd rather you have it now for, you know, when you need it later. And so when I was choosing my major, you know, I was like, um, you know, what am I going to be? Like, I wanted to be a chef, but I guess there's some math in cooking. So I guess I'll do math. And it was so funny, you know, telling my mom one day, like, oh, you know, I'm going to be a math major after I spent years of telling her how much I hated math. Um, uh-huh. So it was uh, like a really full circle <laughs> moment. She's like, wow, okay. You know, and yeah. I never knew she had any doubts and, you know, she never indicated that. And she was just, she ended up telling me years later that she was just shook and so surprised when I told her I was going to be a math major out of all the majors um, to choose from um, because of my like constant disdain for the subject. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of like what I did, you know, pre-college, I was like trying to figure out what I wanted to be and stuff. And um, luckily I was able to, you know, get into CSUMB um, and start my math major journey there. And um, I also entered the TRIO SSS program um, mm-hmm. right away. So they were a lot of support and like, you know, I'm a first gen low income Latinx, you know, like uh, college students. So kind of like na- navigating all that and getting into college and, you know, picking my classes. And I also commuted for, um, all of undergrad. So also like as a commuter student and stuff. So it was just like, I had a lot of support from the get go and then was able to like, you know, carry that support support into my um, undergrad years. Yeah. So who or what inspired you to go into college? Because you said that uh, initially math wasn't your thing. You were thinking about being a chef. So what was the inspiration behind going for you to go to college? Um, I always wanted to do something I loved, um, you know, and like, I always wanted to make a lot, you know, I wanted to make bank, of course, right. But I also wanted (laughs) to be like, very capable in like, you know, whatever field I wanted to be in. And Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, I was able to, um, you know, use that as inspiration for going into college. And I knew like, I was always told like growing up, like, if you want to like, you know, do your thing, like college is the way to go. You know what I mean? Like you're able to get a degree and you'll find a job, stuff like that. And so, and I also had a lot of support, obviously, like for my mother and my aunt and my grandma who were like, yeah, go to college, like, you know, pursue what you love, like go do that. You know what I mean? So it was always like something I knew I was eventually going to do. And when I was in middle school, I was in like the AVID program. So, you know, they took us to like Stanford and they took us to CSUMB and they took us to a bunch of like universities to go tour and see like, look, you can go to college, you know? Yeah. Um, Um, So I knew it was always something that like I was attainable and I just, you know, just kind of made it my goal to go do that. And then, um, and then I realized, you know, like my junior or senior year of high school that I really liked school and I want to continue to learn as much as I can. So, you know, that's, that was another reason like, you know, college was the, the goal for me. Wow. So can you talk to us about the support you said right off the bat, you received a lot of support. Can you talk to us about that support as you made your journey through education and what were some of your triumphs and challenges? 
Um, so yeah, so like, again, like I said, I was in Trio SSS and it was actually like, thanks to my mother because, um, I was, you know, we had our orientation day and, you know, there's so much going on on orientation day. There's like, everybody's like, join our club, join this club, join this sorority, join this, you know, major, like switch your major. You know what I mean? That sounds overwhelming. It was so overwhelming. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing here? Right. But my mom came along, um, and she also like went and collected information for me. And so she, um, I love my mom. She's very like charismatic and, uh, you know, loves to talk to people and loves to get information from people. And so she actually approached the trio booth when I hadn't. And she, um, introduced herself and it was like, my daughter is going to be a math major. She's so cool. And then the trio people were like, Hey, like bring her over. And so I introduced myself and I met, um, one of my, who would be my mentor, Alex, uh, Mm -hmm. Westerland and, um, and so I introduced myself and we met and stuff. And then they're like, you should apply for a program. Like we offer a lot of support for students. And I was like, oh, great. So then I, you know, sent to my application and I like anxiously waited for a response. And then I got yeah. an interview. And Ooh. actually when I did my trio SSS interview, I was in the middle of like donating blood. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, hi. Um, they're like, this is your interview for trio SSS. I was like, hi. So I'm just letting you know I'm donating blood. And they're like, oh, so you're civically engaged. Perfect. You know? So it was, um, it was such an interesting, you know, backstory, but yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I got involved with them and like shout out to my mom, you know what I mean? For going to the booths with me, um, so that I could find, you know, programs and they ended up being like, like one of the main, main support systems I had through undergrad, like, you know, and like I, I, little Alexandria was like, so like, so, um, so much like a go-getter right Mm -hmm. so like I met with them like I want to say like the second day of undergrad and I was like I want to do my PhD and then um I met with um Kirstie Lane who is um now the director of the trio program at CSUMB of the trio SSS program um and she's like yeah like you can be Miss Cervantes like let's do it or Dr. Cervantes let's do it and I was like okay great so then like I kind of got the ball rolling and like I ended up it was actually really wonderful because I ended up working um, down the hall from Kirsty for my four years of undergrad. So I saw her often. Um, and, you know, we were able, she's able to mentor me that way. And I was, and as a commuter student, I wasn't able to go to like all their, um, what's it called? Like programming and stuff. So mm-hmm. I got a lot of like one-to-one through her and um, Omar Murillo, who is now at another institution, but he was also there my freshman year. And he was also one who was like, yes, like go, go do that PhD. You know what I mean? So like right off the bat, my freshman year, they took me on a grad school tour and like, they're wow. like, here, like, you know, we went to UC San Diego, San Diego State and University of San Diego. And, you know, I was just like, oh my God, like grad school could be this. And they had a math education program. So I was able to talk to the people there. Um, so it was just like a really great eye-opening experience. And they talked to, to like trio alum who were in graduate school at the time. Um, and it was such like a good experience and a good like, um, what is the word? Like a good, uh, like something to look forward to. You know what I mean? Oh, at yeah. the end of undergrad. Like, oh, Absolutely. like if, you know, if I'm able to do this and, you know, once I get this degree done, like I can go to grad school and I can do this, you know, amazing thing where you, you know, they say undergrad is the place you study what you love and exactly mm-hmm. what you want. But I don't think that's true. I took a lot of classes that I didn't love. But um, <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, right? Like environmental science, like, you know, environmental science is so important, but like that wasn't, that wasn't my thing you know so um you know and grad school was the place that I would truly get to study what I love and that's kind of what I'm doing now so that like really got the ball rolling in terms of like Alexandria 
um, you know, pursuing that graduate education. That is amazing. So receiving the support uh, and you already told us a little bit about how you learned about the TRIO programs. Who was your main connection while in TRIO? So throughout the four years, it was Kirstie Lane. Um, shout out to Kirstie. I love her and miss her so much. She's one of my favorite people. Um, and yeah, so she was the, the assistant director and then the, the director of the TRIO programs. And like, you know, throughout my four years, she really helped me with like, uh, you know, anytime I needed like writing, um, she, I would send her my writing and she'd look at it for me. Or anytime I needed like emotional support, like, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you know, I want to, am I allowed to cuss on this podcast? Like, uh, you can. And later we can either bleep it or we'll do a fuzzy sound later. But go ahead, go for it. I'm just, I'm trying to think of like a synonym for like badass, because that's what she would say. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that is perfectly fine to say, actually. <laughs> okay, yeah, I wasn't sure. I don't, I don't want to like, you know, mess anything up. But yeah, she's like, you're a badass. Like, you're so cool. And yeah. you're like, any program would be lucky to have you. You're the best. And like, those little like, you know, pumps of energy would just help me like get through my day or my week or whatever I was like struggling with, at the, you know, with yeah. at the time. And so, you know, I was able to, um, like right off the bat after my first year of undergrad, I was able to go do a research program and learn more about research. And that was through like an email that trio sent us and was like, the university of Utah is looking for, you know, undergraduate research scholars apply here. So I applied and then like, sure enough, I went to Utah for my first summer of undergrad and had a great experience there. And then like every summer up until like my fall of grad school, I did something to like further my education and further myself. And it's all been, you know, through like trio SSS and later, you know, starting my junior year, junior and sophomore year, um, the trio McNair scholars program. So that's amazing. Alexandria, by the way, that everything that you've done. So up to this point in your story sounds intriguing and amazing. And just to make it sound official, the producer I can tell you right now is going to approve of you saying badass on the podcast. So I think, okay, wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) And can you tell us a little bit about why mentorship is important for trio students? It is so, so for myself and like, you know, my peers that were in trio, it was so important just to have someone that was just like always on your side, no matter what. And of course I had that through my family, you know, um, but I always knew like no matter what they'd be on my side. Right. So to have like another support to have someone on your side and just rooting for you or like having the tough conversations with you, you know, and just having kind of like a family at, you know, um, your home institution was so, so important for me and my friends and, you know, everybody. Um, and it's just like somewhere you could like unload and be safe and comfortable and just, you know, like I had this issue and this is what I'm feeling about it. And they would just, you know, affirm you and stuff. And, you know, and then they also, they just knew, they were just a wealth of knowledge as well. They knew so much about, you know, just like day-to-day lives. Like I had a tax question and they would help me with that. Or like, you know, like how, what bus do I take? You know, like what, what class do I take for this? Right. And so it was just always nice to know that I had someone that was like on my side, no matter what, and was there to support me and, you know, just a hundred percent. And yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And do you have a favorite memory being in trio, either McNair or student support services? Um, I don't know. My favorite memory with Kirsty has always been like, yes, you, you're going to be Dr. Cervantes. You know what I mean? Um, and it was just, and it was just like the second day, you know what I mean? And, and who would have thunk like now, you know, I'm in grad school, I'm working 
to get my, you know, my master's and my PhD that like, you know, it would be a reality. And there was so many times between, you know, that point and like now that I've been like, maybe I should just like not do math. Maybe I should not do a PhD. Am I going to get into programs? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it was just like, um, it was so nice. Just like, I knew I could be comfortable and be supported with her and with that program because like they believed in me from the get go. Absolutely. So you a little alluded a little bit to what a lot of undergraduate and graduate students go through is this kind of identity crisis of whether or not they're able to accomplish things. Uh, what did that set in for you uh, at, at times where you felt like you're an imposter somewhere? I know that oh. imposter syndrome is a real thing among the trail community. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, imposter syndrome and I are very familiar with each other. Um, I had, yeah, I had to, it was actually really interesting cause I had to explain that to my mother at one point. I was like, I have imposter syndrome. And she's like, what is that? You know, like, what do you mean? Yeah. You're not an imposter. Um, so it was really interesting explaining and having a conversation with her, but yeah, they talked about it in the beginning. Um, I think in one of like the trio sessions, uh, because I went on like a little retreat in like the Santa Cruz mountains with them. Um, mm-hmm. and they talked about imposter syndrome. So I knew what that was. And I was like, Oh, I would never feel that. And then like, sure enough, wait a couple, you know, semesters and you'll start to feel it. Right. Cause you see, I think it's like, for me, it's rooted. It roots from like comparing myself to others. You know what I mean? Um, oh, and I seeing see, what yeah. like other people are doing. Right. And like, Oh, I could be doing that. Like, why aren't I doing that? Oh, it's because I'm not good enough. Right. But it's just yeah. like everybody, you know, and something I've still come in terms with is like, everybody is on their own paths. You know what I mean? Like everybody's learning things at different rates. Everybody has like different opportunities and everybody's an expert in their own way. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and you know, I was, I was still having those feelings like this semester when I was taking a class on like abolition, like, you know, these people were my, you know, the fellow grad students in my class were like talking about all these like amazing, you know, ideas and stuff. And I had never heard about these in my math program. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was just like coming to terms like, yes, like I came from math and, you know, it's a little different than what I'm learning now. But again, like I'm here and I have, I'm ha- I have this opportunity to learn about these things. So I won't be, impo- you know, feel like an imposter for long, for long because I'll be able to like, you know, acquire this knowledge. So I just have to like remind myself often that like everybody's on a different path. We're all experts in our own way. True. Very, very true. <laughs> My next question for you, uh, Alexandria, is more from the uh, area of uh, this whole entire college journey. As you reflect on your undergraduate and your current uh, graduate path, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that experience and what was that like for you? Sure. So, um, well, you know, like I said before, I knew I was like a go-getter. I was like, I want to get that PhD. You know, I want to be Dr. Cervantes. So I started off and luckily I like kept kept my major throughout the, um, the four years of undergrad. And so I was never really straight away from like my main goal of getting my math, um, uh, major, but, um, it was like really tricky cause I wasn't sure what that meant for me. Cause in the beginning I was like, well, I want to get my PhD, but I think I want to be a teacher. And those are like completely too, you know, like at least the way I saw it in the way of like math education, it was kind of two different like paths. You know what I mean? So I, sure. I like was like, how can I do both? Right. Like how can I teach and how can I, um, you know, get, get, go into a graduate school and, you know, do that. And so, you know, my freshman year, I took a bunch of math classes. I went hard. Like, I took four math classes my first semester, and, like, I did okay. You know, it was it was a little different because, like, my grades weren't as good as I was used to them being. But, you know, I was, like, working hard, and I was trying my best. And, you know, I had already gotten an acceptance from the University of Utah Graduate Research Program. Oh, wow, so I was yeah. The, or, 
or not graduate, sorry, undergraduate research okay. program. Yeah. Um, and so that was good because I was like, okay, yes, like I can do things, you know what I mean? So I was just kind of like trucking along and trying to get new things as the, um, you know, as each semester went by. So like you could ask like, you know, Trio SSS and McNair, like I'm a serial applier. I will apply <laughs> to like everything. Um, and so then I, at one point I got like really cocky because I kept on applying to things and I kept on getting it, you know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, oh. I can just apply to anything. And then I got you know, a couple of rejections. Um, and then I was like, okay, okay. Like Alex, you just have to be smart about where you apply. Right. Um, so it was just like, I was kind of doing that. I was like trying to figure out where I wanted to be in the terms of like math and math education. And then like, you know, making sure I get opportunities. So, you know, applying to research positions, applying to different scholarships, seeking out opportunities that way. Um, and then I was also working, you know, a couple jobs at the same time. I, um, I worked for um, the early outreach and support programs at um, CSUMB and I was like a, a, an assistant to the administration assistant. And so I was, um, you know, I was able to learn a lot about like higher education, um, you know, programs and outreach and stuff like that through that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, through all those couple of things, I was able to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And at the same time, I was also teaching computer science classes at like um, my local community college through the um, K through 12 STEM program. So that was mm -hmm. a great opportunity as well. So I got to learn about teaching um, and teaching grades from like kindergarten all the way to like, you know, seniors in high school. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? So I was, um, I got a lot of great experience between like research and scholarship and uh, education outreach and stuff like that. So that's kind of what I did for my four years. So my first year I went to the University of Utah and I actually did a bioengineering research project, which was like completely different than anything obviously I'd ever done before. Um, and I did like a lot of math modeling and I used a lot of computer science. And so I was just like, you know, very eye opening. And then mm -hmm. after that, I was like, I don't want to do that. Like that's something okay. that I'm yeah. not going to be happy in. Um, yeah. But I loved Utah and I loved research. I loved this idea of like having this question and like making little moves every day to kind of like mm -hmm. build up to answering that question. So mm -hmm. I knew I loved research. Um, and so then I came back and I got involved with a research project in the math department where I was looking at um, success rates of like calculus one, stuff like that. Um, yeah. And then I, that so that was my sophomore year and then the fall of my sophomore year is when I applied to the McNair Scholars Program oh, um, and yeah. so I had research experience which was really nice and then I was accepted and I was really excited about being in the program um, and I had done my research of course so by like day three of undergrad I knew what that was and like what opportunities that could afford me um, so yeah I had my McNair mentor and then um, I applied to work at the Rochester Institute of Technology um, where they had a deeper REU which is a discipline-based education research mm -hmm. um, research experience for undergrads so that was really interesting because I was finally able to get like education qualitative research experience mm -hmm. um, and so I talked about like what did I talk about um, communication skills in amongst like physicists and like chemists and like, you know, uh, hard science, quote, quote, um, PhD people, right. And how they communicate in the workforce. Yeah. Um, so that was really interesting because I was able to collect a lot of like qualitative skills. And then after that, I was like, okay, like I love, education, qualitative research, but I don't love working with, you know, like 
doing that uh, context. You know what I mean? In okay. the context yeah. of like the workforce, right? So then after that, I came back and I like, you know, talked to my people again. And then through the McNair School Scholars Program, I was able to get funded to work at Vanderbilt University, um, where I worked with uh, Dr. Luis Leva. Um, and we talked about like the experiences of like Latinx, black men, um, uh, Latinx men in um, engineering and math courses mm-hmm. um, and talked about like their identities and roles of like masculinity and asking for help, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so that was like prime, like, yes, like this is what I want to do. This is the work I've been looking oh, for. Yeah. So I was able to kind of build, you know, from my, from like my first summer, I like research second summer. I like education research third, third summer. I love like talking about race and STEM and, you know, like, uh, marginalized groups in STEM and anti-blackness in STEM, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, that's what I want to do. So then I finally like figured that out and I was, you know, completing my math major at the same time doing, you know, my computer science courses and stuff. And then came senior year and I was like, okay, now, now's the time. You know what I mean? That was grad school, applying to PhD programs, applying to master's programs, trying to figure that all out. And yeah. that was the time I think imposter syndrome really hit, you know, like just like we were talking about the most. And I, I often went to like Piercy and um, one of my main talk contacts that, you know, through McNair and McNair was also part of um, UROC, which is Undergraduate Research Opportunity Center mm-hmm. um, in CSUMB. So through UROC and McNair, I, um, one of my main contacts was like, Carla Fresquez and um, Natasha Ullman and um, Heather Hager. Um, and so those were like kind of my three main ladies that would really support me um, in, you know, my grad school journey and really helped me figure out like what was research? What could that look like? What could it look like in STEM versus, you know, doing something in humanities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then, you know, my senior year came and I applied to a bunch of schools. I got a couple offers, you know, like my trio, Kirstie and Alex were just so excited as like the offers were coming in. I was like, I'm not going to get anywhere. And they're like, look, you're getting offers. You're getting offers. This is fine. You're doing great. Yeah. We told you, you know what I mean? Like, this is good. And so we're, you know, Natasha and Heather and Carla, they were all very excited to see me, you know, um, getting acceptances and like getting acceptances at good universities with amazing faculty and, you know, having a lot of opportunities. Um, so, so yeah. And then like my senior year, I like did my capstone project. I talked about like, I was able to kind of use some of my research I had been doing and I, my, my final project was, um, looking at the experiences of students in Mm -hmm. developmental mathematics courses. And I did interviews for two years with them. So that was really wonderful. Um, And then, you know, I I decided to go to the University of Illinois um, at Urbana-Champaign to work with my advisor. Um, And so, yeah, and she does amazing work, Dr. Rochelle Gutierrez. And, um, you know, I went there because it was just, you know, a really great opportunity. They had good funding. She's amazing. They have an amazing program. So I was able to, you know, after a couple of years of working on research and working really hard on my classes and, you know, dealing with, you know, politics of, you know, being a first gen Latinx student in, in math, you know, I was able to like, you know, get that acceptance and, you know, with all the support of all the programs, you know, kind of like, that was like the culmination of it at the end. Yeah. Wow. So a lot of context for your journey and we appreciate that um alexandria we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with alexandria cervantes over at california state university monterey bay and 
we are back. Alexandria is talking to us about her college journey and things that have happened uh, uh, during her undergraduate years and now going into her master's. You decided that a bachelor's degree shouldn't be your stopping point. You went and decided to pursue a master's degree. What, what was the inspiration mm-hmm. behind that? Um, well, I wanted to get to the PhD, right? And so, um, uh, coincidentally, through the University of Illinois, you have to do your master's before you go into the PhD program, which is why I ended up in this program. Um, but it's been um, it's been really great, and it's uh, continu- And I'm just like through this master's, I've just learned so much about education and society, and you know, I was able to take higher ed classes that focused on like access to higher ed, you know what I mean? But I was Uh also able to take like understanding, uh, you know, schools and schooling and urban settings, right? Or um, what else was I able to take? I I mentioned my abolition class before. I was able to take, um, you know, different research method method courses. So I took ethnography this semester, this last semester, and I took um, discourse analysis. So I've been able to really like build up my... um, you know, like my repertoire as like a researcher, right? And like my tool set of everything that I, um, you know, will need to be successful in the PhD program. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it was just like another opportunity for me to continue to go to school and continue to learn, which, you know, I love to learn. Um, And then, you know, also build on my identity as like a researcher and the research I want to continue to do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Can you tell us about the difference between the the Trio McNair program and the Student Support Services program? Were they one and the same or did you feel like there was different support there? So between Trio or between SSS and McNair? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a little different. So SSS was, I think, more holistic. Like um, they helped with like, you know, everyday like college student stuff. Um, and then also provided the support of like applying to grad school um, and, uh, you know, like graduating stuff like that. Right. So making sure that my grades were OK, making sure that, um, you know, I was emotionally and physically and mentally well as a human being and like giving me opportunities to learn and grow in those capacities. Um, and then again, like mentorship, like that one to one connection. And, you know, I had my peer mentor in the beginning. Um, shout out to Claudia and she really helped me as well. So that was, you know, kind of that. And they kind of like raised baby Alexandria from like high school Alexandria to now grad student Alexandria. Right. That's amazing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and even, you know, despite my, like my identities as like a scholar, as like a person and like my personal growth and, you know, um, continuing to just be like a good minded human being, you know what I mean? It's also like kind of, what I learned through them. And then also, um, so then McNair was more focused on research, of course. And of course they had mentorship aspects through, you know, the mentorship, the wonderful mentorship I received through my, um, you know, my instructors for the program and, you know, the, all the support staff, um, I was able to, um, you know, like I said, apply to grad school, apply to the different research programs, broker positions at, at different universities. So they helped me like reach out um, to uh, my professor at Vanderbilt, Dr. Leva, um, and uh, work with them uh, or to work with him. Right. And then they helped me like get all the funding situation situated and everything. So they were more focused, like get into the research programs. Here's what research is. Here's what grad school is. This is, you know, our goal. So. Yeah. And what were some of your, in summary, what were some of those field interests that you really, uh, you alluded to earlier in the episode of some of the things that you were really interested? Can you give us like a summary of really what you were interested in looking for when you majored in math and majored in various other areas? 
Yeah, so it actually kind of stemmed from when I was in high school and I switched high schools um, in the middle of, um, you know, like my four years of high school, right? And I saw how like, even though I was like, you know, a little further away from my original high school, how like educational inequities were like a real thing. Like I thought, oh, if I transfer high schools, it'll be fine. Like I'll just pick up where I left off. And that wasn't true. And I specifically noticed that in math. And I saw, you know, like how math education could di- could differ from school to school. And so, of course, that's like only a micro example of like a whole institutional problem we have in the United States. Right. But that's what like little Alexandria was like thinking like, oh, math education and math. And like, I want to be a math teacher. So I need to get a math degree. And I want to help improve math education. Because it wasn't until my senior year that I started to really actually like math and you know Mm -hmm. I took calculus and I was like oh dang like I love this you know what I mean Um, so I wanted to provide the opportunity for other students to see how like math could be this like beautiful thing Um, and it could and it's so powerful and it could be used for so much besides like finding out if Bob and Sally have enough fencing for their yard. You know what I mean? Um, So it's just, it was, that was kind of like my inspiration for pursuing math um, in the beginning. And then as I continued to take, you know, my, my advanced math classes, I saw how much I enjoyed mathematics, but as I continued to work as like a a computer and science instructor and continue to work with kids throughout undergrad, I still saw like the, you know, the systematic, you know, racism and, the mm. you know, uh, educational inequalities between my students and stuff like that. And the, you know, the funding between the schools, you know, and so that was still something I really wanted to address. And that's when I kind of, um, began thinking about math education versus mathematics, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I wanted to make an impact on the educational system and really learn for myself what that meant, right? Because, you know, from my little case study was like my difference between my two high schools. But, you know, I began to read papers and like see things, you know, um, and realize like this wasn't just like a bad math teacher issue. It was a whole system issue, right? And yeah, I knew through yeah. like pursuing math education I could kind of, um, you know, work towards that and see what's going on with that. Absolutely. So one thing that you brought to my attention, and, I, and I'm sorry, I didn't get to work this into your introduction, and I should have, but you now work for a TRIO Upward Bound program. Is that right? Yes, I do. And I work as a math instructor. So you're their math instructor for Upward Bound. Tell us a little bit about that experience. So, yeah, this is my first summer working through the University of Illinois' Upward Bound program. Um, I am an Algebra 2 instructor, so I'm going to be teaching Algebra 2 for the next six weeks. I actually just started um, actually teaching last week, um, oh, and wow. I've been planning, doing lesson plans and stuff like that. So I've been using a lot of, like, a lot of the stuff actually I've learned in, like, my abolition class about, like, anti-racist and, uh, oh, and also in my urban schools and schooling class about anti-racist um, abolitionist education is what mm-hmm. I'm using um, you know, when I'm kind of coming up with my lesson plans for my, um, for my students and like my projects. And so, um, our focus with Upward Bound right now is like having project, um, based learning, right? So the students will have a midterm project and they'll have a final project. And my project is going to be about like finding an issue and using mathematics to address that issue, right? So it could be anything from like, um, education funding. It could be, you know, something about 
social activism and organizing that way, right? Um, and, you know, that's so important, especially now as we're continuing to see, you know, anti-blackness in the U.S. and, you know, the, um, the protests um, for the arrest of the cops who murdered George, George Floyd, right? Mm-hmm. So we're um, trying, I'm trying to teach these, like, um, show that not only is mathematics good because, you know, it teaches you critical and problem solving thinking skills, but it's also like something you can use for, you know, social change. Um, So I've been trying to work that um, and into my curriculum for the summer and it's been great. And um, it's a little different because, you know, we're working through zoom, right. And uh, we're teaching through zoom. So it's a little tricky, but I've become, um, you know, very creative on how I'm like um, talking about things and doing my lessons and what we're reading and stuff. So it's been a great uh, experience so far. And I'm looking forward to finishing up the semester, the summer and seeing where my kids end up and, you know, what their projects are. I'm really excited about their final projects. Wonderful. Right on. And uh, with, with being involved with the trio programs, did you get a lot of opportunities to travel? Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So before I went to, um, before I went to college, I, the only time I had been on a plane was when I was like two and my family, we, my family went to Mexico to Mm. visit my other family. Right. Um, and so other than that, like I had never been on a plane, you know? And so literally like my first semester when I went on the grad school tour with trio, I went on the, on a plane for the first time. You know what I mean? I had to get like an ID and like, you know, get a plane ticket and stuff like that. And so I went to San Diego and then, um, my, that's the next summer I went to the, to Utah. And then after that, I presented my Utah work in Arizona. Um, and then I went to the Rochester, then I went to Rochester, New York, and then I was able to visit New York, New York and DC, um, and see a lot of the East coast. Cause I'd never been on the East coast before. Um, you know, and I stayed mostly in California and then I was able to go back to Utah to present my work from Rochester. And I was able to go to a lot of conferences. I went to like Portland, Oregon, um, I went to, what else? I feel like I've been to, I went to like Indianapolis. I've been to so many like places. I can't even remember at this point. Um, but, mm-hmm. and then I, the summer I went to Nashville and I was able to go to Atlanta, um, after that. And then, um, then this last summer I was actually, um, not this summer, of course, but last summer after my, um, what's it called? After I graduated, um, Mm -hmm. I was able to go to Budapest, Hungary to take part in a math education program. And I was able to get funded through some of the scholarships I received as a result of being in like UROC and McNair. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. So yeah, I was able to like, I went from like, you know, being around California, like maybe going to Nevada for a little like, you know, weekend drive, whatever, but to going to like all over the country, flying so many places, going to the airport quite a bit, um, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure I I, I had to buy like suitcases and, you know, kind of be ready to like leave every summer and, or like know what I need to pack for a conference, right. To present uh, my work and having posters and stuff with me on the plane. And then, you know, like I, I went to, I went out of the country and was able to go to Hungary and learn about like mathematics education in Hungary. So yeah. it was wow. through trio. I was been a, I've been able to go all over the place. You know what I mean? I love traveling. Like, yeah you know, and learning how to, and learning how to travel was also like another important, you know, part because like now, you know, I'm going back and forth between Illinois and California and I'll go to conferences sometime. And, um, 
I'm able, I have those skills because I was afforded the opportunity to go and like, you know, apply to conferences and get funding to go to those conferences. And like, you know, I'm poor, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was super poor in undergrad. Like I couldn't just, you know, buy a plane ticket to Utah or to, you know, uh, Nashville really quick. I, I was able to get a lot of funding through them. And, you know, it was so great having that funding and just being like, mom, like I'm going to go on a trip. And she's like, well, what do we have to pay for? Nothing. You got it yeah. all covered. It's all good. That's amazing. So it was amazing. And it was such, I'm so thankful for that opportunity because I was able to see the country, you know, you know, I'd go to the conferences, do my presentations, but then I'd be able to like explore communities I had never been in and only seen in textbooks, you know what I mean? Or only heard of in the news, stuff like that. So it was just such a, a wonderful opportunity to travel through, through the support of both programs. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, so kind of uh, um, a curveball question, if you will, uh, is research as hard as many graduate students express it is, or is it just something different? It's just something different. And I think like I, for me, research, I just love research so much. I love being just enthralled in like a topic and reading about it and reading what other scholars have to say about it and collecting data. I love working with people and like interviewing and talking and, you know, like, you know, getting stuff out there into the world and then writing about it and presenting at conferences and stuff. And I just love that whole process. Um, but for me, it's been gr like pretty easy and great. And, you know, and of course, like I have tensions, of course, with like um, when my research team and I are talking about like the goodness of like, you know, collecting data versus like um, producing a good workshop, you know what I mean? So right. I, I think those are like the difficulties. And then of course, like making sure we have funding and applying for funding, oh, um, but the actual physical act isn't that um, I actually really love. And it's, and it, especially if you love to research what you do, um, if you love to research what you're researching, like it doesn't feel like a job. Whereas like, you know, my first summer at the university of Utah and I was like in bioengineering, it was a little tricky. You know what I mean? Because I was like still trying to convince myself how to do it. And um, you know, if I should be doing it, but now it's just like, you know, I love my work. Yeah. That's awesome. So I know we're kind of wrapping up the podcast now, Alexandria. I just want to say thank you again for being on here, but do you see what you for yourself? What, what do you see for yourself in about the next five years? What's next for you? Um, so I'm planning on transferring into the PhD program at the University of Illinois and, you know, curriculum instruction, math education. So I'm really looking forward to doing that. And um, hopefully I'll be done within the next four to five years. Okay. Um, and then after that, I'm still figuring out what I want to do after. I joke with my advisor that I'm going to go to culinary school after I get my PhD, but hopefully I'll be able to find like a good position um, in academia. But who knows? I might go to culinary school, might open up that restaurant I always wanted there you to. Go. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, working in academia and, um, you know, decolonizing academia, anti-blackness oh, yes. and STEM, um, you know, all that great stuff and uh, continuing to push myself and my colleagues and creating a better, you know, uh, academia for all my future, all my siblings, you know, um, and all yeah. my um, future students and my students and people in my community so that it isn't, you know, as trash as it can be sometimes, you know? Absolutely. So. What is some advice you would like to share with the audience? There are a mix of students, alum and staff. So what, what is something that you want to share with them? Let's see. Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one, but I guess for like staff, I would just recommend like, 
making sure that you try to build those like one-to-one relationships with students because those those can really like make or break a student you know what I mean and like they you could be like the person you know they're you they could be my like my Chris Kirstie Lane, you know what I mean? Like my person who's really helped, um, you know, grow me as like a person, as a scholar, as a student. Um, and, um, so make sure you try to just, you know, have patience with students and really, um, open up with them. Um, and then as for students, my recommendation is like apply to things like, apply to things, apply to scholarships, apply for that internship, apply for that research position, apply for that grad school. You know what I mean? Even if you're scared, like do it. Like I was a little shook when I got in because, you know, I didn't have the best GPA. I didn't have the best GRE, but like I applied, you know what I mean? I put my all in it. So just apply to that thing. You never know what you're going to get. And especially coming from a serial applier, like I, (laughs) I got so many opportunities. I never (laughs) thought I'd be afforded. Um, But but yeah, definitely just apply for it. So that's amazing. So you kind of, you, you hit two birds with one stone uh, with my questions and I, and I appreciate you for that. Uh, but would you like to recognize any trio staff that may be currently listening? Oh my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. So Kirsty Lane, Alex Westerland, Omar Mario, Natasha Ullman, Heather Hager, um, Carla Fresquez, um, all y'all, you know, my McNair mentor from undergrad, Allison Lynch. I don't know if she'd be listening, but thank you. And thank you to all of them. Like Kirstie, Natasha, Heather, Carla, all of you, Alex. Like I, I just appreciate so much, um, you know, everything you gave to me, everything you've taught me and, you know, continue to, continuing to support me. Um, they still like check up on me and ask me how I'm doing, you know, even though I'm in grad school and we still try to remain in contact. So like shout out to them. They're, they're, they're the homies. They're the real ones. So they go above and beyond for sure. Uh, so Alexander, you're going to have to tag them on your Facebook or wherever your social media is and tag them to let them know that you recognize them on the podcast. Yes. Yes. I, yeah, I hope they listen and I hope they'll, they'll take a look and I, and thank you for like creating this podcast. This is amazing to have like a community, um, like represented with such a big voice and, you know, hearing from trio people from across the nation, like that's really wonderful. So kudos to you and your team. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'll take that back to the team and let them know. So Alexandria first, it was such an honor and pleasure to have you on this podcast. I want to be able to catch up with you again in the near future and definitely wish you all the best as you continue to make progress in your master's degree and then eventually your doctorate yes thank you so much thank you for the opportunity absolutely would you do us the honors in signing off of course my name is alexandra taylor cervantes i'm a graduate of california state university monterey bay with a bachelor's degree in mathematics and alum of the trio student support services program and trio mcnair scholar i'm a current student at the university of illinois at urbana champaign and I'm studying my master's in science and curriculum instruction, math education. And finally, TRIO works. Thank you. Alexandria, thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Are you a participant, alum, or staff of a TRIO program? Do you want your program highlighted? You or your program could be featured in an upcoming episode of Let's Talk TRIO. Get a hold of us by going to our Facebook page or Instagram and send us a direct message. Search for Let's Talk Trio. We want to get your story to the public. What a great interview with Alexandria Taylor Cervantes. Thank you so much, Alexandria, for being on the podcast. 
It was so great uh, having to sit down with Alexandria. She has great aspirations to obtain a doctorate degree. And I think that uh, TRIO students who aspire right for uh, great things uh, end up uh, doing those great things. So for Alexandra to be on the podcast, uh, we thank you so much and we appreciate all the work that you're doing. And I know the TRIO staff is very proud of you and all the work that you're doing. Just a friendly reminder, you too can be on the podcast. Send us a quick message on Gmail. So you can email us at Let's Talk Trio, all one word, Let's Talk Trio, L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. Again, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Student Access and Angelica Villalpando. Thank you for continuing to support the podcast. I'd like to take a moment to recognize our podcast team. Amelia Castañeda, our marketing manager, social media manager, and producer. John Russell, our editor, audio engineer, and music producer. And myself, Juan Rivas, executive producer and host. Honorary members of Let's Talk Trio include Tony Ho, Scott Kendall, and Roderick Chambers. Remember, you too can be a sponsor. You can head over to our Patreon page, search for Let's Talk Trio, or give us a one-time donation to back our project. You can back our project on Kickstarter. Go to kickstarter.com and look for Let's Talk Trio. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode.